0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 10 of Literary Gupshap This time we are interviewing Varsha Sheshan Children's writer, dancer, filter coffee lover And now going to Singapore So Varsha, thanks a lot
1: Thank you for involving me in this
0: Now Varsha, just to get one thing out of the way You are not TN Sheshan's daughter program. No
1: not related. I have been asked that countless times, but I am not
0: related. That's okay, Varsha is uh, the author of a book called The Story Catcher. Author of a series of picture books concerning the Indian Airways. No, database. not
1: picture books really. They are uh, illustrated books. But uh, the picture books really deals with a different market. So, illustrated books for the age group to 69 and another series of books for middle grade readers so that's 9 to 12, 9 to 13 but reading levels differ they vary really really greatly so
0: and she is also working on what do you work for?
1: I'm still working on the series because it's a series of 14 books so the 7 books for the younger children are now out both in English and in Hindi and uh, the ones for older readers Three have been published but we are still working on the the remaining four. We are looking at seven and seven. So they are in their first draft stage. We will move into illustration and page layout and all of that when the time
0: comes. And over the next uh, fifteen or twenty minutes we are going to discuss with her how she became a writer, how did she manage all these things, what her ambitions are, who her childhood role models were, how did she deal with all the rejections, which is at a big part of a writer's life, especially Definitely. in the beginning? Lots yes. of rejections. Yes, yes, yes. And of course, you know what her tips would be for aspiring writers, for children, and especially you know the challenges of writing for children, which is not exactly the most lucrative. Uh, you know, you could do if you want to earn money, you could do other things. Yes, surely, yeah. surely. <laughs> so, Bachan, uh, let me start by saying, how did you? You are from a conservative southern
1: family? Not at all conservative.
0: You are from a typical southern family? No. Okay, tell me about your family. (laughs) Tell
1: me about your your family. My family uh, is really from all over the place. So lots of people ask, Where in Tamil Nadu are you from? I am not from anywhere in Tamil Nadu. I speak Tamil. My father did his college here. He was born and brought up in Calcutta. My grandmother was born and brought up in Calcutta. My mother is an Air Force kid, so she was. Brought up all over the country, and I have never had a hometown in the south. Okay. I was born in Bangalore, but since I, I think since '92, we've been here in Pune, and my grandparents have, have were here in Pune, and so I'm in that sense I'm a Pune girl, and I, I apart from the language and of course the dance, I don't think of myself as a typically Tamil girl at all because. I, I don't have a hometown, a native place that I go back to down south as everybody else does. So, that that's what my family is. I'm married to a Punjabi okay. and uh, yeah, that's my family.
0: How was your uh, childhood? Because you know writers often have childhoods which kind of inclined them towards writing. I
1: always knew I wanted to write. So
0: when did you know you wanted to write? How when,
1: I okay. when I was seven. When I was seven, I had a five-line notebook and it was the summer vacation, I was four, seven years old. the month of July, so this is 94, that's when the whole writing journey started. So it was published in Children's Herald because I won the first prize in a story writing competition that Children's Herald held. And my father was someone who bought children's newspapers all the time because he knew I liked to write. So I think we were the only household that I knew at least that got nine papers every Sunday. We had nine newspapers coming home because there was Young Observer, which was the Sunday Observer's children's version. There was Bratline, which was Pune Newsline's children's version. Kid Day, which was Midday. Um, children's Herald, as I said, Maharashtra Herald. So we had all of these newspapers coming home and I would write for all of them. I have been published by Children's
0: Herald, by Bratline, by Day.
1: I won a Gipho competition at Young Observer. So there were all of these things that were contributing to my very creative childhood. And both my parents were uh, supportive, not just supportive, actually. To say supportive means a little less than what they were because they encouraged me beyond anything that I could imagine. And when I look back now, I think it's a mixture of luck that they uh, realized that I would want and so creative the support system and of course their own careers because my father is a journalist and my mother is a teacher so and my mother's been in the arts field forever both of them are readers voracious readers we have a room full of books so it was quite natural that i would head in that direction in many ways so that's where i went and i started writing and i didn't stop so, okay. I took on a job at Junior Herald as a later became... So what, what
0: was that job? Could you just give us a... Like, when did you take on When job? I
1: took on a job, that could have been in my first year of college. So, 2004. 2004, I um, took on a job with Junior Herald. I used to write a short story each week and... There again, I found a very, very encouraging editor, Sujata Le. And a lovely person. Somebody who again encouraged me to write and made me feel that this was really my domain, writing for children. And when I did my post-graduation, that was between 2007 and 2009, I had a lot of questions about whether I really want to write for children, because finally everybody asks that. Why are you writing for children? Why don't you write for adults? What made you choose that? I tried. It didn't give me as much joy. I, it was too much of an effort in terms of uh, thinking differently and um, writing for a child was just so much more exciting and so I went back to writing for children but I think one important uh, learning experience that I had when I was in Calcutta was it's not appropriate to write for the child that I was I have to write for the chi- children that are and that's when I decided that I need to associate with children because my childhood is completely different from the childhood which is the reality for children today and to say that I would have liked the story when I, when I was a child is like saying nothing at all. It has to reach out to children of today. And that's when I got involved with reading workshops, writing workshops. I conducted writer's club at St. Mary's school. So, I got involved with children, particularly the age group that I wanted to write for.
0: What and, is that
1: age group? Uh, I, I enjoy writing 8 to 12. That's what I love. But I, I think I am still exploring. I may find that I would like to write picture books as well for three to six and then see where I go, really. But I love, I have not yet reached young adult. I don't think I will ever write young adult, but I don't know. Up to middle grade is what I would say.
0: So, you mentioned a very important point just now. Was that you wanted to write for the child That is not for the child that you were. Yes. What do you mean by
1: that? Uh, The reality of today is very, very different. For example, the child today is a child that very often is very familiar with the smartphone. So what does that mean? That means that the moment I touch something on a screen, I get a response. So there is instant gratification at so many levels and reading cannot give you that when i just read open a book i'm not going to get wow this is delightful never it's not going to happen but at the same time i cannot have long winding sentences and endless stories about what people ate and how long it took them to climb a hill which is perhaps what i used to read so for example writers i still love when I read them with a slightly more critical eye now, I realize that they are very slow. No, no, they are no. really slow. So I love Enid Blyton who is still a favorite, absolute favorite. I li- I loved Edith Nesbitt. But when I read Edith Nesbitt now, it's so preachy. Edith Nesbitt? Yes, Edith Nesbitt. Uh, Roald Dahl of course is still a favorite, an absolute favorite with children even today. So he's in that sense timeless, yeah. as is uh, Enid Blyton. But there are so many other writers that I read. Um, for example, one text that I take for my writer's club quite often is Anne of Green Gables. A story I absolutely adored. And I still love the story. But, um, but it's, it's,
0: it's I'm uh, <laughs> Sorry it's,
1: to say. It, well, it it's, doesn't fit into yeah. this age, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But um, the joy of the book is in the character. It's the, the character is so alive. But if you read just the first sentence, It
0: just goes on and on and on. You don't know when that sentence is ending. If I had to play devil's advocate, you know, I was was talking with this, with Gauri Dangi as well. And she said, you know, you just open a YouTube video, you just click Twitter, you click Facebook, but any real talent, anything, sports, music, dance, literature, real dancer, you know, it takes time, it takes hard work, it takes a lot of ups and downs. So, you know, when you argue like this, you're basically trying to argue Actually,
1: yeah, this was I, don't I don't think it's do. school feeding actually. I think it's moving away from reading as education to reading as fun. I mean, why did I read? I didn't read to improve my vocabulary. I didn't read to improve my grammar, to sound good, to be able to construct these long winding sentences. I read because it was fun. I read because I enjoyed it. I remember being so caught in the book that I didn't know what was happening elsewhere. And even today if I read a book, say at a bus stop. If it's a book that's very funny, or if it's a book that's very sad, I need out. to be careful because otherwise people are going to think I'm mad because I start laughing or I could start crying but as writers well. Are
0: mad.
1: Yes, they are. That's sure. Are that's sure. But I think we all put on a face as well when we're in I mean, public. You talk to
0: so. any wife of a writer, husband of a writer. They all have these colourful stories.
1: Yes, so, yes, So we'll, we'll
0: get to that. We'll get to that. But you yes. know, Anna, serious. you mentioned just now that after you did your MA who started doing workshops. writing workshop mm-hmm. and I think for a living that's what you do, you do right yes. we do writing. Yes. So, obviously the you know, writing for children has, I would say in India based on all the people I've met so far, two big challenges that I can see again and again. One is of course the distribution network, the marketing network and reaching your reader who very often doesn't have the money on his own to buy them.
1: You have Absolutely. to go through
0: a, a impenetrable force yes. called mummy yes. daddy, yeah. <laughs> daddy
1: you
0: know? And the second big problem is kids have multiple things competing for their attention yes. Being a writer yourself you face this and of course there is the issue of Paisa kam hai in writing for children as a writer, I think how in the publishing
1: industry as a whole like to, to become a full time writer is very hard It's very very hard uh, One thing that does help is getting over the inhibition of saying that you are a writer. So, as I said earlier, um, when I started writing, it was very hard to tell people I'm a writer. Because, oh, what do you write? Well, I don't have anything published yet. Then how do you go about that conversation? Then how are you a writer if you don't mm. write? And I do write, I just don't have a publication yet. Mm. So that's uh, that was always the wall that I came across. And then, even after the first publication, it was hard to tell people, well, I have written this book and I think maybe you like it. It's hard to tell people that because it's putting you yourself and your work out there. You're putting it all out there for people to criticize or comment on in any way. So that, that is the first big obstacle that you have to overcome, that it's published. Now, everybody can read it. You might as well talk about it. So you might as well tell people, yes, I have written. And that's when I really began to introduce myself as a, as a writer. Though I, I avoid promoting my work.
0: Why would you do that? In fact, we will we'll take that a little bit later but yeah, continue. Uh,
1: I don't, I, well, I will just answer that quickly. I avoid promoting my work because I am in another space. I don't think it's in good taste to say, Well, I have written a book, why don't you buy it? When they have probably paid to come for the workshop. So, I don't promote <laughs> my work typically at workshops that I do. Okay. But uh, when people come and ask me, I, I don't shy away from it either.
0: So you're, you're shameless enough to do that.
1: Yes, I mean, finally you have to reach that balance. What do you do? I'm a writer, I, not I'm a workshop facilitator. Yeah, You're not? Yes. So then reaching that balance did take some time, but what you asked me about, which is the distribution. Network. The
0: distribution, the marketing, and the big problem is okay, you're a writer for kids. Vila yes. or touched on this. Yes. You write a book, like she wrote Red Kite Adventure. Yes. You have no clue who's reading it. Yes. You the person who wants to read it mm. he is stuck away in some library, in some school, somewhere, the Ajilin pool, yes. wherever, wherever. Yes. He doesn't have money of his own to buy the book. Correct. He goes to his mom and dad and says, Can you buy it? And you know many Indian parents, even today, question buying books which are not educational. Yes. So yes. how do you deal with that? I really don't. I don't.
1: I think finally um, it depends on how much of a marketer you are. Okay. I do have a website and I do blog regularly. Like, for example, in
0: your case you have your own website. Yes. You have your Facebook page.
1: Yes, okay. yes. So I use that to market in whatever way that I can and um, because of um, associations that I have with children, children or their parents end up writing to me to ask, okay, so where can we you buy your book? And that's really the only way that my marketing takes place, especially since with the whole railway series, you can perhaps buy them at the National Rail Museum souvenir shop, but other than that you can buy them only at Amazon. They are not available at any bookstores and they are not available anywhere else, just on Amazon.
0: They are not even available at railway stations?
1: No. No. So then it, it becomes very hard. because. Finally nobody knows they exist and nobody knows
0: And as a writer you, you want to be recognized I mean, Absolutely We are all pretty shameless that Yes You have talked very honestly with us All the best for your future writing career And what are you working on right now?
1: Lots of things actually So one thing that's on the cards is hopefully uh, If you've heard of Mango Books Mango Books is a, a publisher that's hopefully going to take, my, take one of my manuscripts forward but I'll tell you about that when the contract is all sealed and signed. and. You know, hopefully
0: more, not just short stories, novels and maybe uh, See, all, we... the best, all the best for the future.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much.